Priscilla. We have Bruce live in the locker room in Tallahassee celebrating on the field with the Fleurs <laughs> And, and I don't know why, like, we were able to run the ball so well in the first half, to, especially to the left side, and then all of a sudden we started to abandon it. And like I said, it, there is some inconsistency. How are they going to approach this game? How are they going to beat this Florida State team? Well, we're going to break you guys. Um, and, and okay, I, that's it. The show is over. In, 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 in the story, we're going to break you guys. Look, and, and I, I'm joking, but it's Lord, the climb, the climb continues, KB. Oh my okay. God! I am sweating. I am... Look, look at my heart. Look, I, I, look, I, look, look, look. You know what? Yeah, I, I have so much to say. All righty, welcome back to another episode of Sentinel Sideline 365. As always, I am KB, and with me is the old man with his victory special shades, glasses. Victory, victory glasses, glasses, victory. He's got the whole setup. He does have a better setup than me, but we are here. I do. I do. We and are listen, here. That's one thing we do. We tell the truth. It's raw and unfiltered. Some people like it, some don't, but I do have a much better setup. Let the fans vote tonight. Okay. Who has the best studio? Who he's has already, the best studio? He's already on the roll. So we are here post-Florida victory, which is always great to have. We're here on the, what, Tuesday? I forgot. Days of the week are already coming together. Tuesday, Tuesday night. Tuesday. Tuesday night. Off a win at Florida and Gainesville. A great win by this team. And with the breaking news announcement that Florida State is back in the top four of the college football playoff. Uh, this just got announced, I believe, at 730 um, and, and that's big news. And I and I think there was some debate about this, whether or not with Michigan uh, beating Ohio State this weekend, whether or not Florida State would bump up into that spot or not. There was some speculation, of course, on ESPN that, you know, uh, Oregon may overcome Florida State in some way. I didn't think that would happen. But I, I think this is where it should be. You could make some debate about whether Florida, not, Florida State or should have jumped Washington for that third spot. There was some speculation about whether that would happen because Washington has struggled the last three weeks. Let's, we can't say they haven't. Washington barely pulled out, you know, pulled out the win against Washington State this weekend um, in, in the Apple Cup. They, the last three, I, I think there was some statistic about the last four or five games they've won, they've been within a touchdown or something like that. They are struggling right now um, with their starting quarterback who's Heisman candidate right now. And you could make the debate that Florida State could have jumped them this past weekend going into Gainesville with a backup quarterback and still covering the spread of that game. Um, but I think altogether, it's good to be back in the playoff picture with a big game this weekend against Louisville. We'll, we'll talk, we're going to recap, we'll do a preview show against uh, of Louisville on Thursday night. We're going to focus on Gainesville and what we learned out of that game with Tate Rodemaker at quarterback. Um, but you have to be happy. You're back in the playoff picture. You take care of business this weekend and i believe you're in no matter what now you can't skate by you have to play the game you have to you know play the game the right way you can't win by a field goal can't win by a point but i think if you win this weekend you win the right way like you should you should be in the playoffs and that that's a good feeling to have what are your thoughts old man well i think that's an interesting introduction it's awfully glad 
uh, it's a good week. You beat Florida. We all hate the Gators. I mean, no one hates the Gators more than I do, okay? Uh, I, I've watched this, the, the Gator rivalry since the 60s. As, as a kid, I started listing on an AM transistor radio with an antenna in my in my bedroom, you know, when I was a kid. You know, there's nothing better than beating the Florida Gators, period, okay? That makes your season. You could, as far as I'm concerned, you could lose every game of the season as long as you beat Florida. So that's big. Now, jumping back into number four in the playoffs, that's big. You know, you, you, can't, you can't deny that. The question, I think, yeah, there's what? Four primary Division I teams, okay, uh, that, are, uh, that are undefeated, okay? That's it. Those are the top four. And then Liberty. And then Liberty. It, well, that doesn't no. count, okay? Let's no disrespect to Liberty, but they don't count at this point. Uh, so the top four are there. Now, what we do know is Georgia is going to play Alabama. One plays number eight. So the playoffs really begin this weekend. Playoffs begin this weekend because next year you're going to have 12 teams in. So look at the 12 teams you have on the board now, KB. So one's going to play eight, let's say, this weekend. Now, there are people who say no matter how that game turns out, I think it'll be a fairly close game. I don't think either team's going to blow out the other team. People say if Georgia loses, they're in anyways. And if Georgia loses, Alabama is probably are they going to jump? They're going to jump into the top four. No, they're not. They're not going to jump. Four. I know if they haven't been playing game. well. I know they haven't been playing well. I think there are people saying this out there. In, Alabama in, was a forty-yard pass away from being no, not even the top. I, I understand. I understand. Now, one of those, you know, Georgia could lose. Now, if they lose. You know, that's going to joggle things a little bit more. There are people out there, including some FSU media types that have their own shows, that believe, uh, and, and there's other people out there on Twitter, okay? okay just say that, what, what you want that to say. believe, I am saying that, I'm getting there, that believe that there is a conspiracy, a, 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 a conspiracy, alleged conspiracy by ESPN and ABC, their owner, uh, basically to keep Florida State out of the playoffs because the SEC brings bigger numbers, which means bigger revenues, which means bigger ads than the ACC team, even Florida State would bring. All right. That's so I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't, we, I don't believe it. We've I seen don't. the numbers, the television numbers. Okay. Florida State is bringing in the best. Some okay, of the, best the uh, TV the numbers be- this year. Okay, the best for the AC. I don't know. No, where the, the best in the nation. The best I, in the nation. I, I didn't see any proof of this. I, I heard people spouting off like we do, opinions. But if they're just going back to the numbers of the ACC contracts versus the SEC, that's the whole thing. But that's the conspiracy theory going around. No matter if Florida State wins out. I don't believe that to be true. I think if Florida State takes care of their business this weekend against Louisville in the ACC championship, I think they're in. I think they're in. I think you, you would have a hard time explaining to the country uh, that they, they don't belong in there. There is a clause in the committee that says if there's a significant change in a team, 
and that change would be Jordan Travis, obviously, that they could use that in their decision making. Well, they talked about I, that. They yeah, talked I think, about that tonight. Right. You want to hear the clip? Yeah. If you got the clip, run so, uh, it. Because I, I didn't hear it. Yeah. Here, here's the portion of it. Okay. Um, I'll turn this up. So I think what he's mentioning here and what Logan Robinson put on Twitter is that he's talking about it managing the game and and that's more it's managing the game and that they have other playmakers so the loss of travis is something but what they showed on saturday is that they have more than travis on that team that can do things and you saw it with trey benson going off for three touchdowns and making big plays and that tate rodenmaker didn't have to be the superstar for them to put 24 points up on florida uh, on, on saturday with one you know in the game and a half right so i think that is what the committee's seen is that you know, Travis is a great player, is an elite player within Florida State's offense, but they have other people who can take the ball and do things with it, along with an elite defense from what it looks like right now. So, Well, I, I, think, I, I think he said that two weeks in a row now, that there's more to the team than just one person. And if the team continues to perform, meaning they win, then, then there's no real good excuse for them to leave them out of the playoffs, okay? And I don't believe that conspiracy theory, which I was just uh, speaking about. So I think that's where we're at. We're in a good position to playoff start this weekend for all the top six teams, top six, seven teams. Uh, Oregon, Oregon, or uh, Ohio State, Oregon is still chasing the field and, and, and they want to put up some, are they playing? Are they playing this weekend? Who's yeah. Oregon playing? Yeah, Washington. Who, Okay, they play Washington. That's going to have an effect. And Ohio State plays uh, who? They play Iowa. They play Iowa. Okay, so this is the first round of the playoffs. So saddle up and let's see what happens. But we don't have to worry about that. All Florida State has to worry about is what's in front of them, the all business, and that is taking down the Louisville Cardinals. And I believe, and we'll do a show on that later this week, I believe they can do that. I don't think Louisville's a big threat, but any football team can beat you if you don't come out there and play properly. And we almost saw that. I thought we were going to see that Saturday against the Gators the way we started. Yeah, and, and let's transition right right into that now because we want to talk about that game and, and what we learned on, on Saturday uh, playing the Gators. So, yeah, like you said, there were some um, interesting moments in that game uh, on Saturday uh, in Gainesville. And I don't think any of us expect, we, we both said that we thought that game would be within six points, seven points, right around the spread. Uh, no matter what the records are for these teams, that's you said time and time again, it's always a close game. They, they talked about it on the broadcast that these teams, no matter what they're ranked, uh, these last couple, five, 10 matchups have come within, you know, that, that point range. So it, we expect it to be a close game, but it obviously didn't start hot for Florida State. And, and someone said, we're talking about this online, stuff like that, that, you know, things didn't start so hot because Tate Rodemaker was still learning how to fill out the offense. There were some penalties. I, I want to step back from that because I've said this all year, but this offense has not come out hot 
for most of the year outside maybe the Louisville game or outside the, the LSU game. I went back and looked for the past, I think, since a Pittsburgh Wake Forest game, I believe it was. If you look back since the Wake Forest game, I believe, or, or even the pit, last four games, in the, through the last four games, and this counts North Alabama, Florida State has only scored seven points in the first quarter. Seven points in the first quarter over the last four games total. Now, the reason why that they haven't lost any of those games is because the defense, I believe, has only given up 13 points in the first quarter over that same deal. The offense wasn't clicking the first, fast even with Jordan Travis in the game. So this isn't on Tate Rodemaker. This is on play calling, coaching staff. This is on this offense just doesn't start hot to begin the game. And it's still, and it hasn't been something that's been fixed at this point either. So I think it's just what this team is. For some reason or another, this team doesn't come out of the gate scoring points. And it and it hasn't bit them in the butt yet because this defense allows them to warm up and get into the foothold of the game. The last time they scored more than seven points in the quarter was back at Wake Forest uh, when they scored 10. And, and that was a while ago, guys. That was, that was you know, what, five or, six, five or five games ago, five or six games ago. So I don't know if, if we're going to be able to get back on track with the offense, especially starting a new quarterback right now. But the thing that's counterbalanced that is the ability for this defensive line, the defensive backs to allow you to figure it out, especially against you know, somewhat – okay competition you're lucky that you know we're not playing else you at the back in the season and having to come back or having to battle that offense again because this offense has not looked in sync i'll go back again and say you know i guess i'll round it out i don't want to make it all the negative but the good thing is is that you started slow against florida and you were able to still win that game throughout 12 you have you have the safety when that safety happened i think most people are, are probably a bit frustrated when when you know, it gets a kind of you know doesn't sense the pressure, doesn't throw it away, can't find a man to throw it down to, and he gets sacked and go down to 12 0. And then right after that, you know, it, it, you get bailed out because Florida does a trick play, but your defense then makes a big play on that, snuffs it out, doesn't get tricked, sacks them, and that reduces the, the damage there. Because that could have been a potentially a nine point swing if your defense doesn't play there. Um, and it's finally you do score before halftime. So, and you make it a big competitive ball game there. But I, you know, I don't know. What, those are my first half kind of thoughts around it. The, the defense did all they could do to keep the damage as well as, as well as possible, right? The offense just did not seem to click. And I think it was a lot of the procedural penalties. You know, you're in put in first, first and 20s, long third down conversions that you couldn't get. The run game was slow to get going. And, and there, was, there was a couple of you know, not so great passes here and there. But what, what were some of your first half thoughts uh, of that game? Well, I had a, I had a, KB, I had a full book of notes here, okay. which I'm not going to take everybody through. I was doing it quarter by quarter. Yeah. I really like to look at what a team does with their possessions. So I kind of track that, you know, like game stats, which I guess people can pull out, but I like to have my own notes. I was, I was concerned at the end of the first quarter. You know why? We had the ball one time, KB. Yes, yep. One time, I don't think we've seen that all season. There was one game where it was like that. One time, maybe twice. I don't think we've only had the ball one time. But BC game was similar to that, though. When they they almost upset us when we remember they restricted our our possessions in that game. Because when we went back and I went back and looked at the, the total production for the game. 
the Gators had the ball 34 minutes and 52 seconds, almost yeah. 35 minutes. We had it for 25 minutes. Yeah. That's 10 minutes difference in possession. Yeah. Okay. Now we can say, well, what does it matter? We won. Well, it does matter. Okay. Now it matters if you're not scoring. Okay. Especially if you only have the ball 25 minutes. So, you know, basically we looked like hell in the first half. This is my opinion. Okay. I thought our, I had a note here. Our offensive line has been exposed now in the first four possessions. Exposed as being average. I still believe our offensive line, which we are now, what, 12 and 0, is average and we're surviving with it. Okay. We're surviving with it. And it's still a concern to me. And I, and as some people have questioned out there as well, I think maybe you said something. Where the hell is Keon Coleman? Why aren't we getting the ball to a healthy Keon Coleman? Why can't we find every coach I listen to out there, new coaches getting jobs. We got to find out who our playmakers are and we got to, we got to find ways to get them the football in space somehow, whether it's a short, you know, short, long, whatever the hell it is, you've got to put the ball into those guys' hands. So at the end of the first quarter, I mean, first half, I was, I had concerns for this game. Now, the second half. Well, let's, second... let's focus on the first half. Okay. You, you brought some points there. Okay. I, I, I think that. I think saying the O line didn't do their job in this game is not fair. They gave no. I didn't say wait wait wait, wait a minute wait wait whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I didn't say in the game. I said in the first quarter, first half. I had concerns with the O line, which overall to me is an average O line. Okay. Well, I want to. No, I didn't say the whole game because I you I haven't gotten to the second half yet. Well, I, you okay. Know, there's, examples, okay. there's examples of plays like this, like they just got blown. They tried to do these screen plays throughout the game. They just didn't work. I don't see this as being on the offensive line. Some of these, these plays like this. So they try to run, you know, quick. They try to catch the well, defense. Well, who's it on? If the bounce. play doesn't execute, who's it on? Are you saying the Gators just, defense was just very, very good or the, it was a bad play call? So who oh, are this, you this blaming on, on the execution so this play, on? This play is on Trey. Trey needs to just get down. The play I agree. Up. He don't run backwards. Yards. He's That's not going to outrun everybody. He's not going to outrun everybody. And that is a this is a drive killer. It was second and six, which is manageable. Right. He now makes it third and seventeen. Trey right. just needs to learn to go down. Great right. player, but he's trying to make a in a game like this where every possession is going to count. He makes this harder than it has to be. This is not on the offense line. This is not on Tate. This is okay. A but you're error. you're cherry picking one no, play. No, I'm not. Okay. The first the first you're not qu- pointing out any plays though. That says the the offensive line play back. You tell me the play, and I'll bring it up. No, what play I, the I, offensive I, line? I'm giving you my feelings about the game. Okay, I'm not I'm here to analyze out. every play. I'm just giving you my feelings. I was concerned about their play in the first quarter and the first half. I, I, just, I was concerned. They only had three plays, I think, the first quarter. Like here, here's the screenplay. Here's the screenplay. Let's look at it. You're right. In the first quarter, we, it was three and out, basically. So right after this is the screenplay. So, once again, this is bad blocking on Morlax power. Uh, Trey, and then Trey messes up by going backwards for six yards. Okay. Right okay. after this is okay. the screenplay. Let's watch this, because they only had three plays on this draft. So, you said it was bad in the first quarter. So, watch this. Here's the screenplay. They try to, you know, they try to get some of this yards back on the screenplay and try to catch them out of zone. But, once, once again, they're only rushing three or four guys three on the line. 
they they fake the rush. He goes around. It gets blown up. That's not on the line. That's just good defense. They just blew up the play. That that's that's not on the offensive line. So I gotta disagree with you. That okay. Well, let me let me give you my points of why I felt this way. First possession, three and out, punt. Second possession, three and out, punt. Third possession. Uh, in, now we're in the second quarter. Punt. Fourth possession. Quarterback sack. Touchback. Minus two points there. Okay. The fifth possession. Because we got helped along with some stupid Gator penalties, the spitting play, okay, which really helped us out, plus Wilson had a big catch, okay, we score a touchdown. And and that was the first good drive we had of the whole half, and we go in with seven points. That's, that's, oh, am I supposed to feel good that we have a dominating offensive line after a quarter, after a half of football like that? Tell it's, me I'm wrong. Tell no, me I'm wrong. I don't think the offense, the offensive line was the reason we couldn't get more than five, well, like ten yards in the first half. I just, I, I, I think I, it's play calling. Okay. To your point, well, where, you, that, where were the you know, targets? Play calling. You're not listening to headsets. I can just go by my observations. They, the, 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 it, this is not a dominating offensive line. But you're not it's illustrating average. why. What? Where was okay. the place where Tate was getting sacked in his face in the first half? I, I, I don't understand why you're saying that. Okay, let's move on. They ran let's four run. plays for minus seven yards, and I showed you where the minus negative let's, yards came from. Okay, I, I'm just saying. I'm giving you my feelings. I'm giving you my feelings. But you're not. You're you're, you're not. Okay, making sense. I'm giving you my feelings. You're seven it on points. Blame. We scored seven points against a five and six Florida Gator team. Okay, who's been in Who do you chaos, and we scored seven points on. We had five possessions. And this? scored once. Who do you blame the delay of games on? Is that on Tate or the offensive line? Who do you blame not getting this fake punt on? This this is that, I get credit. Mike Norvell in the special, special team. This is a great. Who but who That's who's this on? Is this team. on the head coach? Is this on the head coach for not getting the play on in time? Is this no, no, on the no, kicker no. for not uh, for I, not? I, I don't know who got blamed. Why didn't I didn't hear anybody ask about that in the press conference? But who do we? That's on the okay. offensive line. That. I didn't say that's the special teams. Exactly, that's not the offensive exactly. line. You're not K- pointing to anything. All right, that's, KB, that's let's move on. The line is not let's, performing well. KB, it, the first half with five possessions and you score one touchdown, helped along by some penalties. I I don't see that as really good offensive line play in I, the first half. That I, I just and I you're don't. down and you're down, twelve to seven. I, I, is that? Is that, am I supposed to feel good about that? I wish our viewers, what do you guys think? Is How many people were satisfied with the offensive line in the first half? Let's move on. Let's go to the second half. KB, let's go to the second half. Now, I think the offensive line starts to wake up in the second half. They start to wake up, okay? And I'm not taking your side now because I have it in my notes. But you can't let me. The first possession of the second half, we get the kick. We take it down. We get a touchdown. 36-yard TD run by Benson. All right? Two really good passes. One to Wilson, one to Keon. To me, that's a offensive line doing their job on a very good drive. Okay? Now, the next two possessions, next two possessions, we have to punt the ball away. 
Now we're into the third quarter, okay? The, we only had the ball a total of five times in the second half, okay? We get a good run back on the fourth possession by Keon Coleman on a punt, on the punt return. Ja'Kai Douglas makes a tremendous catch for a first down. That guy That's may have the best hands the on this damn team, okay? He's pretty damn good. Uh, and then uh, 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 Keon had a tough ball. I, I, I don't. That was a bad ball. That was a tough. Are you talking ball about the one catch. in the end zone? No, no, no. Or the it one on the first and six. It was on the sideline. Yeah, yeah. Above it, his head. Yeah, it was above his head. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we end up with a we end up with a field goal, uh, and we we're up we're seventeen points now. We're finally up in the game. But, and then the last time, the fifth possession, we get another big Trey Benson run, you know? We get another big run, and, and now. So, to me, the offensive line picked it up. They're, they were down. I'm sure, I'm sure they got a talking to at halftime. But they picked it up, and we're starting to wear down the depth of the Florida Gators. And uh, I was very proud of this team much more in the second half than I was in the first half. And I tweeted out, I tweeted out in the first half, this does not look like a top five team in the country the way they're playing now. I tweeted that out during the game. Yeah, well, there's definitely struggles in the first half. But like you said, I think the experience and the depth of the offensive line definitely wore on a banged up or uh, on a, you know, uh, a less talented defensive line in Florida. And you saw it, like you said, as they need to close out the game, they're able to lean on Trey Benson and do what he does because he's a very, very talented running back. And this is what you saw last year to end the season with Trey is these, uh, is these great breaking tackles behind the line of scrimmage. I, I think his yards after contact was 95. Almost every one of his yards in, in the Florida game was after contact. Like he had to break tackles to get them. And, and that's what he does best uh, as engaging with tacklers, breaking them. And breaking big runs, and and it was impressive to watch him. I'm, I was so happy to see him break out again uh, against Florida because that's what he seems to do. But like you said, he's he was very patient in the second half, and I think that helped too. He found the hole, he broke through the hole, and his line gave him those those creases, even when they were stacking the box. Because at some point, I don't think Florida was respecting Tate. Look, I mean, look at how many people they have in the box right here, and you know you're in this kind of. Sort of like a jumbo set where it doesn't look like you are because it passes. Well, they're the they're they're pushing you know? Tate to throw the ball. You yeah. know, they and were this pushing was three, him to throw the ball. This was three plays after he got knocked out, I believe. You know, uh, three plays after he got knocked out, Tate doesn't audible at the line, I believe that is, and then he hands it off. So the offensive line was able to find that hole, and then Trey made the most of it, and, and he was patient. He cut in, cut out, and he uh, you know closed the game out. Now to your point, I think there was some missed opportunities by. By uh, by Tate, which need to be addressed. I think one of those plays you pointed out was he, he overthrew Keon a couple of times. But this is the thing that pisses me off about this team the, the most part is that I feel like you know, and I can't be mad because we're twelve and zero now, and I think that the offense hasn't been as potent as it should be. You know, you saw some big throw and catches from Tate to Jaheem. I love that they're getting Jaheem involved. Kyle Morlock was basically not relevant, you know, not present in in the game. I don't uh, understand that myself. You, yeah, I think Jaheem could get more involved. I mean, Keon only has eight receptions over the past three games. 
eight receptions, and this includes North Alabama, eight receptions over the past three games, and they didn't even play in the game before that. That's crazy to me. Uh, against you know my you know Miami, North Alabama, and, and Florida, I believe it is that the guy you're you're probably your top playmaker on your team only has eight receptions. It's crazy to me. You would think it would be double that. And, and, and he's still, but what he does for you is that he doesn't pout. He doesn't do any crap like that. He gets the ball and he makes plays with it. This was, I, along with Ja'Kai Douglas's catch, which I think is the, the play nobody's talking about, which, which helped to seal that, you know, big conversion, big catch at the big time. Oh, when, that was again, huge. He only touched the ball one time. Yeah. But I, I can't find it, but it was, was huge. It was the uh, kick return by uh, Keon Coleman when he got oh, yeah. the ball. Big off, play. Yeah, you know, he made a 40-yard kick return to set them up, which is great. But it, it's it's these kind of plays from Tate that we need to see cleaned up. I know this was pass interference, which is good. I, I'm trying to find the play that was near the goal line that it, it could this this score could have been 14 points, I believe, uh, at the end of it because there were points left on the field. This defense for Florida State totally shut down Florida. Let, let's let's leave it at that. The defense for Florida State did everything perfectly in my mind. Gave up a couple here and there big plays. They shut down Ricky Pearsall. A thousand, one, could have been, one catch. Yeah, exactly. Just like they did and with Strepo. And he got hurt. That's not an excuse. He he was shut no, down. No, no, I'm just saying, he, he but he down. had one catch. Yeah, I he mean, was shut down. They did matter. the same thing with Restrepo at Miami. Their leading receiver got shut down. They shut down Ricky, who was, he only needed 50 yards to be a thousand yard receiver this year. And they didn't let him get that on Florida State. Kudos to Renardo to, to all, you know, Akeem. Akeem makes a huge play, probably one of the best games of his career as a senior, uh, which they call a uh, uh, roughing the passer or what, uh, unnecessary roughness call, which is BS. And we all know that's BS, which, once again, they give up a touchdown after that deflating play. But after that, you know, they don't give up a much after that play either. The defense comes to play, and once again, they allow this offense to get comfortable in the course thing. So I can't give enough kudos to the defense and what they did this this time around. But I think things like this need to be cleaned up. Here's another ball that uh, Keon, he looks for Keon on this play. I, this connection between Keon and Tate just doesn't seem to be there. And I, I get it's going to take a little bit of time, but this is finally a play that they look for Keon. Uh, no, this isn't Keon. I think this is, uh, it's just a good example that uh, of kind of how things were a little bit off with, with Johnny. It, it, Johnny was well, his main of receiver. Of course. It, these are things that we, we saw in the Louisville I game last year that. that Tate did so well were these quick passes against Louisville. He had the big throw to Johnny Wilson down the sideline in the end zone. He had the, uh, he had the fade against Louisville in the end zone, but they did a lot of quick passes with Tate that I didn't see as much in this game. In this game, they tried to roll him out. They did some sideline throws. A lot of the throws seem to be big. They tried to look for the big throws. I felt too. Why do you generally roll a quarterback out? I know some of it is just part of the strategy and so on, but sometimes if you're rolling the quarterback out, frequently it talks it's telling you something about your offensive line is having problems all right that's all now let me bring this up kb i think you made some very good and valid points i'm concerned that i i don't put a lot i don't put anything i was saying all week everybody's talking about tate 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 the whole game is going to be about Tate. Well, the whole game wasn't about Tate. I, I said all week, it's going to be about defense and it's going to be about the offensive line. That's And that's what it was about. It was definitely about the defense. Defense wins big games, period. If your defense shows up, 
you have a damn good chance of winning a football game if you'll score a few points. We weren't a master on offense in this game. We have a young quarterback. He hasn't played a lot. He doesn't have a lot of experiences. And let me tell you, so Tate was 12 of 25 for 134 yards. That's probably 200 yards short of what Jordan Travis would have put up in that game. Now, I am not going to compare Tate against Jordan Travis. Tate is learning the job. But because you played good defense and because Tate managed the game smartly and didn't turn the ball over once, he didn't fumble the ball, he didn't fumble snaps, he didn't throw any interceptions, he managed the game. A good time, a good manager of the game. Benson had 95 yards rushing on 19 carries for three touchdowns. Okay? Not a we didn't have a dominating we didn't have a dominating yardage game. Again, I go back to the offensive line. Our team as a total yards for the team, total yards 224. That's past that's probably 150 to 200 yards under our average, okay? Yeah. That, that's total yards, passing yeah. Yeah. and yeah. rushing. Not a big night offensively. Yard, now, don't take me as I'm being critical. I'm just pointing out yeah. where I think we have to improve to continue to play in the no. playoffs. If you give, okay? if you have 22, now, 200 total yards against Louisville, you're going to lose the game. Let me you have a highlight well, this is my point, KB. This is my point. Let me finish my section here. Third, third down efficiency. What have I been saying after every game, mostly this season? Poor third down efficiency on offense. Four of 14. Four of 14. Oh, they got five of 14 there. I don't know where everybody's getting their numbers, okay? But let's, I don't care. Four or five of 14, not good enough. Not good enough going into the playoffs. It's, it's good enough to get us there. It may not be good enough to carry us. Penalties was excellent. Five for 22 yards. That's, that's good discipline. That's being smart. And you know what I like about this team now? We're not doing stupid things. We're not punching people. We're not spitting on people. We're not kicking people on the pile. We're not hitting guys laid out of bounds. Those will kill you. And it added up on the Florida Gators. It added up on them. Time of possession already went through. We were 10 minutes down on that. Uh, Johnny Wilson had six catches for 64 yards. Where Coleman was and the rest of the crew, I'm not sure. But I'm sure Tate is checking probably for two receivers and he's hitting, trying to hit one of them. That's probably where his is. And that's where he should be. This, this, the rest of the way is not about Tate Rodemaker. If he manages the game and we do better on our offensive line and run the ball better, we're going to beat Louisville and we'll be into the full official playoffs. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think those are all good points. And I, I think I tweeted something similar the other day is that, you know, these things, some of these issues precede Tate and, and it's a team issue. And it's something that Norvell has to look at fixing, find ways to get better at third down efficiency. You're sub 37% over the last four games. And it's been an issue that hasn't been resolved. And as you get to Louisville and if you make the playoffs, the level of competition goes from, 
B level to A plus level, right? And so you have to be prepared for that. You know, your level of competition is not going to be Miami and, and Florida and, and things like that. It's going to go back up to the the potential. You know, all the te- there's no I don't believe any elite teams this year. I, I think the people at the top are great teams, but they're not elite elite teams. Everyone is beatable this year, in my opinion. Every team, Florida State, Michigan, out, you know, uh, everybody is beatable this year. Uh, as we saw with Ohio State, every team is beatable. But the difference is a lot of these teams at the top, the, you know, uh, Georgia, Michigan, those teams, Michigan, we know has a very, very good defense, in my opinion. Georgia, I believe, has another very, very good defense. Um, Washington, they have a, you know, good defense with a pretty good offense. We I don't really know what to make of them. You but, just but, talked about the top three. They all yeah, got good defenses. You don't get there by accident. And, and that's what I'm saying is that the, you if you face either Georgia or Michigan – you are going to have to be clicking all cylinders offensively because your your defense can only keep you in the game for so long. And yeah, that's yeah. why I hope some of these things, the third down efficiency has to get better. Your ability to get Keon Coleman involved has to get better. You Your ability to you know run when you need to run like they did in the fourth quarter, that has to be more consistent in the first half so you're not playing from behind. If you get down 12, 14, 16 points against Georgia or Michigan, you may not be able to come back from that with with a backup quarterback. That's no diss against Tate, but this is a guy that's still trying to get adapt to running the offense fully, right, for the first time. And that's not a, that's not a fair situation for him. You don't have you don't have the playmaking ability anymore, Jordan Travis. You can make plays out of nothing. So, you know, we need what we need to see, and we'll talk about it on Thursday. Is that we need to see a team that comes out fast and, and dominates. Okay. Dominant, that's a buzzword we keep saying. But what I want to see is every play doesn't need to be a, a 50 yard down the field. Just try to get five or 10 yards like they did against Louisville last year with Tate Rodemaker. Slant passes across the middle. Tate has more better weapons this year than he did last year. They're, these guys are going to be get open. And that's why I think it has to be on the, the play calling and the coaching staff to make it to maybe not dumb down the offense, but simplify it. Get, make it so that guys aren't running 15, 25-yard routes down the down the seam or, or on a vertical route that are tougher plays to make for a, a quarterback trying to figure it out still. But let's make plays over the middle. Let's look for the tight ends more. Let, let, maybe we just need to make it a little bit less complex. And I don't know if that's possible at this point, but that's what it seems to me is that we seem to be looking for the home run ball a little bit too much, and that's what strains the offensive line because they have to protect the quarterback longer instead of him trying to get rid of the ball within the first second, second and a half. Well, I think David Delgado uh, says it right. He's got a cannon for the arm. Cut him loose in three-second drops. You know, you can hit. I, I mean, this goes back. I, I mean, there should be guys that are open, and I I think he needs to get rid of the ball in three, three and a half seconds. I really do. And if that's uh, if that if he's only checking on two receivers out there, fine. That that that's good for me. But we must put up more than 224 total yards. Yeah, I, I I think no one That's not that that could get you beat. Okay. That will get you beat. Because your defense, as you said KB, can only hold up so long. Most defenses when they're really good will pull your ass out in a close game. They'll be able to get off the field and get you back the ball in the final seconds of a game. But these next games, Louisville and on, are going to be close. 
There are not going to be any blowouts in here. And we must be able to have better possession time of the ball, better first down, better third down efficiency, and the defense must continue to play rugged. And let me say this about our defense. I think this was a close game. It's just 24 to 15. I mean, this game, you know, I was concerned until... This could have easily you know, been more than that, though. No, Florida well... State left a lot of points on the field. Well, could have, would have, should have, you know, well, type of thing. Okay, the, the thing is, I'm very proud of how this defense has come together. But I'm very proud of how the coaches are rotating guys through, especially up front. Those guys are wearing down the opposing offensive line. When you can still bring in four, three to four guys occasionally, give other guys a rest to get their legs back, that's a big deal. Jared Verse, Jared Verse had his best game that I've seen him. When he powered and pushed that offensive tackle all the way into the quarterback, that was that's a highlight tape right there. Yes. That is huge. I mean, that is that that's yeah, unbelievable. That yeah, guy weighs line. over three hundred pounds. That offensive tackle. That that's embarrassing. That is embarrassing for seventy six of the Gators. Great play by Verse Farmer. Uh, uh, who else? Malcolm Riggs. Ray played well. Malcolm, Malcolm Ray, Ray Patrick Payton. Yeah. Payton played well. Uh, Fisk. This offensive line is this whole defensive line. I mean, is is really good. And I'm excited to watch them play. All right. And offensive, Louisville's going to have their hands uh, tied with them. And they're going to try to get rid of the ball quickly. So there'll be some quick routes. We can't give them much buffer on the sides. But uh, uh, we'll talk about that later in the week. Yeah, uh, let, let, let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. You got anything else on the game? Well, I was going to say, Corey Hall says, Passbro was decent against the Gators. They only got us on 1-0 blitz. That Tate held on to the ball too long. I agree. I think that's part of his processing thing. He, the, I'm going to show this sequence. I thought He's this a was little good. slow getting back to me when I see his footwork. Processing he, the field. It he could be forward. processing because he hasn't been out there. Okay. But this is, I think, his best sequence of the game. This was, once again, nine minutes left in the third quarter. You're still trailing. These two plays back-to-back, -back, I believe, were his two best. Once again, they're bringing him a little bit of pressure in his face. Four down, blitz, a, blitz one of the guys off the edge. He gets right through. But once again, he finds Johnny, who's open. Once again, it's good recognition. You're getting blitz, pressure in your face. Find Johnny. Great. He's open. You deliver the ball. Um, because once once again, you see 63 gets beat right off the corner on that blitz. Um, sort of... Sort of delays it, but he finds Johnny, which is great. Quick recognition of the blitz. Find your open man. Deliver. Now, this is this is what needs to be cleaned up for Saturday against Louisville. There's his parents, I think. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but this is where it could have been. This is where I say we left points on the field because once again, look, you have you have Keon and you have Johnny at the top. You have basically one-on-one -on -one coverage with those two guys at the top. This is what you want. First and goal at the six. You have the guys up top that you want. Perfect play call and a tie. Yeah, he, he had it. Well, that's Quick okay, player, but, but that's okay. the thing that needs to be cleaned up. Johnny uh, Jordan Travis delivers that. Listen, that's the difference listen, right now. Listen, that's the point to Jordan Travis. KB, that's KB, what we're missing. You're right not going to clean up a young quarterback in one game. No, but I'm saying this gonna, is what this is what you have to clean of up. Course, going into of course, of course, it's a bad it's a bad throw. And you kick a field goal on this. Yeah, this he drive. knows you it. Kick a field he, goal on this drive. he he knows it. He knows. I I missed I missed a touchdown there. So what I want to tell everybody, and I'll say this again on Thursday, 
let's not let's take the pressure off Tate Rodemaker and place it on our defense, place it on our offensive line, and and that's what's going to win any games going forward. Tate Rodemaker did what he did best: manage the game. He didn't put up any big numbers, but he didn't screw up royally either. No, I, I would agree okay. with you. But now, at some point, he is going to have to make plays. And we discussed it. We, we texted after a little bit after the game. Yes, we did. We said, at some point, he has to carry the football. How many yeah. times did we use the RPO and he handed it off? And then as soon as Brock Glenn comes in, I think he audibled and he made it into a running play. And he finally carried the ball. Like, it took Brock Glenn coming in to finally have the quarterback take the ball and run with it. Like, how many times did Tate, you know, you know, give it to the running back. Give it to. They weren't even protecting the backside anymore because they they didn't respect. Tate I'm not anymore. sure. We don't know. We don't know. KB, what he only ran one time and he got drilled. Okay, and the, and the penalty on the Gators, I think. Uh, but we don't know what he was told by the uh, by Norvell. Maybe Norvell said, "Listen, though." Would it surprise you if Norvell said, we're not going to run you much? I don't want you running the ball unless it's wide open because we can't afford to go down another quarterback. But Brock I, Glenn I, did right after. No, Brock I Glenn know. literally ran well, right Brock after. Glenn, but I, I, okay. <laughs> I don't think it's not the coach's call. Fair, fair enough. What I'm saying, though, we don't know what that game plan was. However, here's what I said to you, I think, during the game or after the game or whatever, is – the Florida Gators defense was not respecting their defensive ends and linebackers were not respecting the run from the quarterback. They yeah, just they weren't, ex- they were, yeah, they just stopped. So even if he'd have done it a couple more times, he had some open room to go. Yes. And, and I don't know if it was him. I don't know if it was, he was being told, don't do it unless it's really clear. We, we don't know that. We don't because know. just, I mean, look for example on. on but again, right. again, KB was the question asked during the post game presser? No, no question on that. No question on that. Don't. I mean, that's a great question. We're debating it here. Why don't we ask that? I, I don't know. But, I mean, this is one sort of example of it. But like you said, look how how far this guy cheats. He doesn't, I don't believe he even looks at the quarterback. If the quarterback, no, he's not he's, respecting he's it. Just right there. He's just right fully there. committing to the running back. He well, just fully committing well, to the running well, back. Well, well, if you go back, uh, uh, Tate can't even see that guy. His head is totally turned away well, on that's, that If play. it's a fake, if it's a fake though, okay. he, he runs. He, well, he yeah. runs for it free because that, the, that guy is not respecting him to carry the ball at all. You know that the other thing I don't see in CFB, not just with our quarterbacks, but CFB in general, is the quarterback fakes are horrible most of the time. Most of the quarterback fakes are not very good on when they bootleg and run out the play. See, like, you know, just run. Yeah, you know, it's a little hitch on it. It's, it's, on it's it. not well trained anymore, in my opinion. Not what it used yeah, to be. I mean that. Yeah, this doesn't seem like a. You know how many guys you can freeze by him thinking the quarterback's going to run. You yeah. will freeze the defensive end because it's his responsibility for containment. Nineteen just totally blitz us down on on him right here. He just totally follows him across, but it, and the play gets blown up. But there's no one on the backside. If if that was, Kate yeah. nicely fakes that ball off to him, it rolls to the backside. I don't. I don't think. I think it gets easily five to ten yards on this play. So, like you said, there's no there's no one out here, and this guy blitzes up. This guy follows right on the court. You know. So 
and then Tate never caught, never kept it the entire game. So, I, 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 okay. I, we'll talk about it Thursday. We'll talk about Thursday of what the quarterback needs to do. But I wasn't disappointed in in Tate's no. play. I like you said. You, he did enough. He took care of the ball. He didn't throw any dumb picks, and he let you know he let special teams pin them back. Let the defense do their, what they do best. Like you said, kept them in the game. And then towards the end of the game, he made some big throws to. Uh, Ja'Kai Douglas, like you said, made a big grab over the middle, made that great throw to Johnny Wilson on the sideline. So, like you said, when it counted, when it really counted, Tate made the big throws, and that's what you wanted to see. Um, and, and they let, you know, he, then he was able to lean in the running game. So, like you said, Tate managed the game. You, and our hats friend. off to the defense. They played lights out. Special teams played very well. Unfortunately, they had the fake punt brought back. Yeah, uh, That could be you, 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 on what ran out of the clock ran off i yeah. mean that's too bad that was a great call and a great execution and you know it was wasted yeah absolutely absolutely it's that was unfortunate that was unfortunate very unfortunate but we move on a win is a win a win over the gators is always big for the season you beat miami you beat florida you win the state title yet again Discounting yep. everything else, those are big for FSU fans. Period. Okay. Yep. So the rest, fun. the rest is going to be uh, gravy here, uh, and we'll talk about that on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be doing our Louisville preview show and talk about the matchups there. Which you know, Louisville lost to Kentucky this weekend, which is a little bit of a surprise, and certainly didn't help Florida State out with the. You know, rankings differential there. But once again, I, th- I think if Florida State comes out, does their job, um, and does it, you know, uh, puts a stamp on that game the right way, like like they're more than capable of doing, you, you should be able to get into the playoffs without, now, without an issue. Let me, uh, let me say this about referees. I'm not big on criticizing referees, okay? Uh, you know that. I know that. I've put that out. Several times when fans get annoyed by the refs, there's always going to be some calls that may or may not go your way. Look at the Ohio State Michigan game; it was a huge call in the end zone. I mean, that was huge. Yeah. Uh, but the Florida State play where we got called for roughing the passer—that was ridiculous call. That was a very bad call by the refs. Norvell let him know it uh, uh, in the game, and I hope Norvell sent in a report on that play. That was the call I objected to, and I think it was a very, right there, inaccurate call. He couldn't have taken him down any gentler, any gentler, basically. He even let up. He yeah. even let up on the play uh, to, to show I'm not trying to do harm here, and they called him for uh, excessive that is ridiculous by an ACC ref. Not that that matters, but we should report that, that we don't want that guy in the games going forward this season. Yeah. And, yeah. and Norvell let him know that, and I'm glad he did. Would you agree with my assessment? Yeah, yeah I agree with you. I, I think that was that was an unfortunate play because, like you said, that that you know that goes from a field goal and – and in three points to then go into a touchdown. So, uh, you know, things now, like I, that can affect the bottom line. And, and also it affects the way sometimes defensive players plays because he goes, I just made a hell of a play. What more do I have to do to avoid a penalty in that situation? Because like you said, it seemed like solid, solid technique. And uh, he makes a great play. Yeah, and then solid. that 
that makes the defensive player kind of think, what more do I have to do? Like, how much do I have to let up or how much do I have to do to avoid a penalty when I make what I think is the perfect tackle on this guy? So I, I totally agree. It, it was unfathomable that they made that call. And I'm glad that Norvell in the game, because sometimes, you know, you don't see him get overly animated at, at the referees and stuff like that, which I can respect. But I'm glad that he let those guys have it uh, during during the course of the game, during, on the sidelines. As you can see, uh, I, I think it, it's here. You can see let, see him giving them the business, as they would say, on the sidelines, which they deserve. Yeah. And your team wants to see that, especially oh, on a play like they that. Wanna, well, your team Nor- respects yeah, you defending them. Yeah, he doesn't want the players a, to do it. He doesn't Norvell's want the players not to a do super uh, emotional guy, but he was there, and he should be. Your players want to see you fighting for them yeah. when they make good plays and telling the player, keep doing that, keep doing that. And that's what he should be because, yeah, the ref was clearly wrong in this play and it should have been reported. And I'm, I'm and you have to report that. If you don't report it, then no one's ever going to take you seriously. The best thing about college football is no head coach has ever been thrown out of a game that I'm aware of, ever. Uh, I wouldn't put money on that. I wouldn't say ever. You never say ever. But you know what? You can get a house. If you did that in baseball, you're gone. If you did that in basketball, you're gone. If you did that in soccer, you're long gone. You know, I mean, in football, you can pretty much say what you want and get it off your chest. Yeah. All right. B. Riley says the explanation that Norvell got was he got him high. However, they didn't call targeting, which is, like you said, reviewable. Instead, called unnecessary roughness, which is compounding there. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. right. It, you're, it, it B. Made... Riley's right. It's it's a bad call. However, the rest of the calls of the game, I thought were okay. I didn't have any other problems. And it sounds biased as hell, but I thought I thought the game was called pretty good. We can debate about that all night, but uh, well, you you know, some guys are going to debate everything that goes wrong with Florida State. We're going to debate. I, I don't think it's necessary. Yeah, yeah. But once again, okay. I, I give. I, I, I want to win by points, not referees. Yeah. Well, when referees affect the scoreboard like they did, that you know. But yeah. But overall, once again, I, I was. I'll wrap it up by saying, you know, I had some concerns about the defense coming into the year. They continued to impress me. Continued to impress me on on Saturday night. Um, I, this defensive line is the best I think we've seen in a while and the depth is doing the work, you know, Fabian Lovett, I think looks, I think he looks better last year. And I think it's because of the guys around him when you have, and and, you know, I think there's sometimes the negative connotation that if there's too many talented bodies in the room, how am I going to shine? You're seeing it with the Fisk and and Lovett and, 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 uh, Ray and Farmer and these guys, it's not that you have talented guys are going to take the shine away from you. It actually gives you the ability to get those one-on-ones and get those and have more rep. Like if I, if I, I want more talented guys around me because one, I can come in fresh when I need to and show off the best of my abilities. I don't have to play 70 snaps a game and be totally worn out. When I come in, I can get my very best for every rep that I'm in. And that is what this team has finally built on the defensive line is they've built quality depth, through recruiting, through the portal, both sides. And when guys come in, they're fresh, they're highly talented, and they are they're, have the ability to make game-changing plays. And, it, exactly. and it's amazing to see. And that's what we need to do at all positions. Linebacker, I look at the impact. We're so lucky this year, and I don't want to jinx anything, but that Bethune, Deloach, Lundy, those guys have stayed healthy because we have young guys behind them. And we have talented guys, but they're young and they're inexperienced. Imagine if we had the depth that we have on defensive line and edge 
at linebacker. This team only gets even better with that. So I hope, once again, that we build that depth at linebacker, at defensive back, and other places because we see the impact that the defensive line has and that edge. And we see the impact that our linebackers have as well, but we're, we need to build that quality depth behind those guys because as we lose the loach to the draft or uh, eligibility, as we lose Lundy and, and, and the Bethune to eligibility, we need that we need that backup depth in case things happen, injuries, you know, you know, heaven forbid. But it's great to see what quality depth can do to a team because we haven't had it on at that position in quite a while. So well, I think I, I, you know, and I felt so good when Deloach made that final interception, yes. sealed yep. it. I, I mean, I wasn't clear in my mind. I felt good, but when he made that interception with one thirty-three left, I yeah, it was great. You know, it was yeah. great. Now, especially let's, him, let, uh, him making that play is is now. Is, let's balance this a little bit. Uh, obviously, the Gators had a backup quarterback too. All right. And Mr. Brown, I think, as I tweeted out, is more of a baseball player than he is a football player. He's, you know, a good enough backup maybe or to be on the team. He was 9 of 16 for 86 yards with one INT. I mean, he's not having a big night. He didn't run the ball effectively. I mean, their offense was eh, not that great, even though they outgained his total team yards with 232 so, I mean, offensively, neither team really put out hard. The bottom line, FSU defense wins this game, and uh, and we move on. That's the bottom line. Uh, yeah, and I, I think he gave his best effort. That guy made no. a couple of big throws in the first half. But he's but not. Like, but, uh, no, he's not going to be there. There's, he's not their starting, starting quarterback. But once again, the defense year. did a great job of limiting his playmaking ability with his legs. They didn't give up the 50 yard run right. like i mean right. he played pretty good against missouri last year on the road he he made some big plays he, with his legs he last ran week. the ball he exactly. ran the ball and that's what lot. we were concerned about that he could potentially do against florida state which this defense did not allow they made him have to throw the ball and and that's what we learned was not his strongest suit and especially since without out banked up offensive line of florida the, the defensive line for florida state just abused them i mean on they, plays like they this, did just abused they, did. Them. they, they, they did. got worn down they worked i mean uh, UF offensive line did their best, but when it came down to when it mattered the most, guys are tired. First, Farmer, uh, Peyton, they came alive. Fisk, those guys came alive and just ate them alive, and, and this guy couldn't do anything. The guy could not do it. Look how fresh Burr sits. He's running around the entire line. Yes, like, yes. He's yes. fresh legs in the fourth quarter of, of yeah. a tight he, ball game. He doesn't have to play 50 snaps. No. You know, he can play 30 snaps. That's a big difference when, and you, get, on, when yeah. you get that break when you get that blow and you can go out for a few plays and then come back it's huge yeah it's and, huge. and when and i mean this is the game like look how far they're pushing these and then the loach gets the wow. so yeah wow. it, you know so yeah. it's it was a culmination of those things. Those guys are banged up on UF. They're, they're and a smart play by Deloach. He goes down. down. He doesn't try to make a touchdown, yeah. get the ball popped up, and 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 then the Gators make some goofy ass play like Alabama did. Yeah. You know, at the Hail Mary to win the game against Auburn. Yeah. Auburn, unbelievable. How Auburn lost that game to Alabama. They rushed, I think, two. I thought I saw three. Some people said they only rushed two guys, and those guys weren't even rushing. They were just, like, kind of dancing with the offensive lineman. Quarterback, what's his name, Milrose or whatever his name is. He Milrose. sat back there and just, and like, just waited, yeah. waited, and then shot. threw it. it. Yep. it oh, it was horrible defense. Horrible. Yep. And they lost that game, the Iron Bowl. Unbel I was shocked. 
before be I was just shocked. That's a that's a big that's a good point too. We get Daryl Jackson back after the ACC championship, so bowl that's game or playoffs, yeah. you get that out of depth to his talented body coming in for Fisk and those. It's it's a, and that's a good thing to have for next year. It sucks he couldn't play this year, but having that guy come that's back next year yeah. with losing Fisk, it, you know. I, that, that, he, and, and he's been checked in. No. You've seen him. He's locked in. He's practicing. He wants to be with this team. He knows his opportunity's coming, yeah. and it's coming real quick. So he's gonna be a big part of this team next year. All right. Before in, we in, before we end season. tonight, there are a few other odds and ends. Okay, I've got a couple. You may have a couple. First of all, I thought it was very interesting. Texas A&M has made their hire as a head coach. Everybody should know by now. Mike Elko out of Duke. I think it's a good choice. Mike Elko has done, uh, he was, he was a defensive coordinator, assistant defensive, was he defensive coordinator or assistant defensive he, coach there? He was defensive coordinator. At okay. He, yeah. At A&M just a couple of seasons ago, he gets the Duke job. He's over at Duke. I thought he did, did a masterful job playing with a lot less, a uh, lot less resources, I think would be the answer and, yeah. and not being able to get the, the best of the litter. But he did good. That Duke team always played well. And uh, I think he's going to be a good choice. I listened to his intro comments. Very serious. Very serious, but uh, he gets it. Uh, he said this. Uh, we want people to buy into the A&M culture first and then worry about being a first-round ja uh, uh, draft choice second. Okay? But he's saying we're going to go out and get the best guys we can who want to be first-round choices and make them to first-round choices because that is the process. That's the process, and that's what these kids want. But he also talked about NIL. You can see, and again, I'm not telling anybody new at this point, this thing, I'm, I'm waiting for the day the NFL starts kicking money down to help these teams out, develop players. These teams it, don't need help. Texas A&M yeah, doesn't need well, help with no, NIL. No, no, but I'm saying across the country. I'm not talking about Okay, but the big programs don't NFL. need it. They have Okay, it. I mean, let me move on. Also going to be very, very busy here in the next week or two. Uh, the portal is opened up. Already we're seeing players jumping in. Some of them look interesting. So, How about this uh, guy? How two, about this guy? Two Kansas State quarterbacks both go went into the portal. How about T this guy? TVD goes into the portal. Florida State fans, we picking up TVD? No, back is up? he is he, is he salvageable? No, he ain't, I, you don't want to come in and back up. You're going to have to say you got a chance to compete for the job. To be fair okay. to him, just to speak on him for a bit, I think he could play very well at a the right at, place at the right place. I think. I think he got a very bad situation. Remember, two years ago, he was in the Heisman conversation, and then it went off the rails with Chris Ball. So I think if he's healthy, he gets in the right fit and scheme for him. He can do very well. He's I just not think he was a, a mobile. He's not that mobile, though, no, in no. my opinion. He's more your classic drop-back guy. He's not meeting that new mobility that people want, but uh, it, it, it's interesting. Did you see two guys? Did I read that right? Two Kansas State quarterbacks went into the portal? That's unusual. Only one of them's the one we care about, though. No, uh, I know. Will, Will Howard's the only one. Why the hell would two of them go in? Well, I guess that's the, the other issue. guy's maybe the fourth baller, I guess. Remember what I, I shared know. with you? In the last two years, the average, there's been, what, 1,200, 1,300 plus people who average going into the portal, players that go into the I portal. I understand. Only 60% of them actually end up committing somewhere. 
and then like another four or five percent go back. They they go back to their school. Right. A lot of like uh, these kids aren't going to find homes, especially the guys who are like two or three stars that aren't playing. Da da da. Like, like Duffy on our team. No, what's he'll Duffy going to do? He'll find a place. Why? How's he going to find home? He doesn't he, have any tape because he doesn't have bad tape either. He's a four okay, star. We're, we're not going to talk portal tonight. He'll but. go. He'll find a place. But I'm talking about like you said, the backup quarterback at Kansas State who. Maybe a three star when he went there. Like a lot of these kids, kids are either going to have to lower their expectations of where they, what their, you know, target places. Like they're not going to go somewhere and start if they don't have, you know, the statistics to back it up. They're going to have to go FCS or someplace. But a lot of these kids are not going to find homes. And what I said is, is the portal about helping players or about helping coaches? Because I think the portal more so helps Both. coaches. Both. I don't think it helps many kids. I think it helps the best kids, but it hurts. It hurts the medium to average kid. The the it hurts them the most because a lot of these kids get churned out of these programs, and then they don't find a home, or or you know, or they have to go to Division two or or low FCS, and, and then you know they fill in the gaps there. But but then you see the success stories like Jared Verse, who you know was able to go from Albany to Florida State, and Brandon Fisk, and stuff like that. So there is, I get there's both ways, but I do believe it helps coaches more than players because so many kids, forty percent of them will not find a committed home or or in Division one potentially. So. I think that's interesting. Well, I thought that the 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 lead name quarterback coming out of Kansas State, he has pretty good numbers. Oh, Will Howard, he's, he's very good. Yeah, he's, he's played a lot. He's played very a lot good. of ball. Yes, he's uh, very we good. haven't heard anything about the Duke quarterback that got injured. You know, he could go to A&M though. He could go to yeah, A&M. He, I, I'm wondering if if he will. I I don't know. You know, that's really going to tell about Elko whether. Well, Max Johnson I, I, left. Max Johnson left. He's, they think he may go to North Carolina. Yeah, that's yeah. what I heard. So that that this is all for another show. But uh, the portal. Listen, Florida State's football operations. The people you never see. You know they're working their asses off about this portal thing and really yeah. taking a look at kids that they either knew were in touch with. They're talking to all the on the field coaches about what they know. Do they like the kid? What do they, what do you guys want to do? I'm sure they have a meeting every day about who's in the portal and what are our needs? What does that sound like? The NFL draft board, same shit, free agency. We call it the portal. Yeah. Yeah. And you won't hear a lot about, you know, Florida state's, probably won't happen until after the ACC championship or even the playoffs because, you know, a lot of those players are locked in and, and they want to figure out. And Florida State's going to have a lot of uh, attrition from their roster due to the NFL or eligibility, stuff like that. So a lot of these kids will be in limbo. So you won't, you know, Florida State's absolutely going to have probably 9, 10, 11 kids going to the portal. You probably know a lot of their names. We'll discuss that another time, but you probably have in your head who those kids are. But, you know, it's going to be, it can't, you can't be, you know, you can't take it as a fence or like, why are they leaving? You know, they're leaving for, you know, go find hopefully more playing time. But at the same time, as you said, you know, you know, Florida State's coaching staff is doing their diligence on who's already in the portal. And a lot of the best players, I feel a lot of the best players who are like on the fence about it, maybe the the backup rotation guys at Georgia, at some of these other schools that haven't gone, they'll they'll keep waiting like Florida State's players are until, you know, after playoffs, stuff like that. And then they'll enter or after the SEC championship, stuff like that. So you'll start – the cream of the crop, I don't think, still hasn't even dropped yet. A lot of the you know, the Keon Coleman's and stuff like that from some of these teams will continue to drop over the next couple of weeks, in my opinion. But it's only just begun, like you said. It'll be interesting what happens. You know, Miami's already had three or four players enter. Um, 
Cheney, uh, Donald, or I forget his last name, Cheney, the Miami running back who had a really good game against us. He's, he's in the portal now, uh, but he's had some injuries. So um, the names are interesting, but uh, you can't overreact to it, especially if you're a Florida State fan. Guys are going to go, and, and, you know, and uh, it's going to happen. But you, you, we, we played the portal well. We played the portal well. You got to trust in his coaching staff. They're going to do the right thing and, uh, you know, fill the right holes. But you have a great recruiting class hopefully coming in too. So that's, that's a big thing. So uh, any other thoughts on, on that? Uh, no, I, I don't. I think it's just going to be some exciting college football, uh, NFL light, as I call it, um, over, you know, going right through the holidays. All right. I, I, I don't know. You, you know, we don't know behind the scenes what the hell's going on, uh, between who's calling who, uh, some, I, I don't even know if coaches are supposed to be in contact with these kids now, you know what I mean? But you know, there's a lot of shenanigans going on. Uh, the last thing was the Jim Harbaugh thing, which which we talked about some weeks ago. But guy's out for six games this year, and his team's going to be in the damn playoffs. Yeah. I mean, it's bizarre. Yeah. This was yeah. a bizarre season. You yeah. know, very bizarre. But I love, listen, I'm a college football fan, number one, pro, number two. But... It's, it's kind of assimilating. <laughs> yeah. Um, some final news that got announced tonight was that Florida State has a program record 25 All-ACC members, which is very impressive, uh, as you can tell by being a record for FSU. Uh, 23 players in total. And I think, uh, you know, Brendan puts an, uh, you know, an interesting note in there that the, their average time at FSU is three-plus seasons. So it's not a bunch of new transfers, stuff like that. It's a good mixture of, Guys who have transferred in, been here a couple of years. Guys from high school that have been through the program, like Kalen Deloaches, players like that. Um, and then you have guys like Keon Coleman, who who are the one-time guys uh, who will be getting drafted here in a couple, uh, you know, in a mo- couple of months. Um, but I think it this is a testament to Mike Norvell and what he's done. Great evaluations by the staff in, in terms of developments and, and guys they've they've come along. Like Deloach is a great testament of buying in, buying into the vision, working his tail off. And developing as a full, uh, as a great linebacker, a really, really good linebacker, um, and then the team's effort or the coaching staff's effort to find the right players like Fisk, like Keon Coleman, like Johnny Wilson, you know, guys like guys like Johnny Wilson that you know you weren't sure if other schools wanted him when he was at uh, uh, Arizona State, um, or you know things like that. So I think it's a great testament to what the staff is doing, um, and, and kudos to every player on this list. I mean, Keon Coleman, I think they put him as all the ACC receiver, all purpose, all purpose player. All, all, you know, kick returner. He was in three positions on the All ACC first team. It was incredible. So, um, kudos to all the players on that list. They they've worked their tail off. I concerns. got one other thing, KB. Yeah. Uh, uh, former FSU quarterback Rick Stockstill. Okay, he was one of the early quarterbacks in the Bowden, the Bowden era. And Rick Stockstill uh, uh, got fired at Middle Tennessee State University. If you remember, he went down and beat Miami and in, in Miami, oh, I think true. a year, a couple year, a couple seasons ago. And, uh, he was there 18 years. And that shows you whether you're a coach or you're in business, you can get let go. Yep. Okay. Uh, he was 113 wins to 111 losses. Okay. But, you know, you got to give the guy credit. You know, he gives credit to the university, to the community, 
for hosting himself and family there for 18 that's, seasons. That's a you, hell of a long time. You know, it is for, for not getting the pick of the litter kids and developing kids and, and, and making them, uh, turning them into men and productive citizens of this country. And so I want to take my hat off because I saw Rick Stock still play a lot of football games, uh, you know, in person and, and, and on TV. And I remember him as being a true, uh, a, a really true, a no-blooded guy and uh, a real good character guy. So and he beat Miami. So you know, just last year. Just last year. Yeah. So I didn't have time to look up if Rick beat the Florida Gators or Miami when he was quarterbacking, but I'm sure he probably had some wins in there. So best of luck to uh, Rick Stockstill. All right, cool. Uh, the last thing I have in college football news, I don't know if you guys saw this game because I think it was, I think it was a late game, but the sequence, the Colorado, Colorado State Hawaii game. Um, so put, turn that off for a second. Um, I want to show you the score. Sorry, so Char. 15, <laughs> it's 15 seconds left in this game. This is to go to the playoffs. So in order to go to the playoffs, Hawaii has to win this game. So this Where is, this is Hawaii is, in the dark. They're in the dark, uh, the black, I believe. The black, yeah, green or whatever the hell it is. 15 seconds left. Wins coming from the diamond head side of the field. Back to Last goal. play. Going to throw to the sideline. It's caught. Clock stops on the first down Those until they greens. mark it. Until they mark it. What a throw. What a catch. Great comeback route by 84. Eight, eight seconds. <laughs> eight seconds left. This ball, and here comes the field goal team. They got to get eleven. They got to get seven. Hurry! Clock's gonna run. Four seconds. They have to clock the ball or snap it. Matt Shipley. The kick is up. It's good. It's good. It's good. That's crazy. Isn't that career high? Career high, fifty-two yards on a hurried field goal. He didn't. You I'm want surprised. to see pressure? That's pressure. Didn't that Colorado State have a timeout to burn? I guess not. To, to call timeout. You why know, would Colorado State call a timeout? Freeze the kicker. Oh, no, oh, you mean, oh they, yeah, that's right. That's right, because the clock was running yeah, out. The that's clock, right. The clock was running out. Yeah, Look at him right. running out there. Yeah. It wow. Was crazy. That is crazy. Hey, where is Char's oh. comment that we took down? Let's put her comment. I love this place so much. Yeah, that is unbelievable. Boy, is that pressure, huh? That's that's great. If we get into the national championship against Michigan, then we automatically the champions because in two or three years they will strip them of the title for cheating. Giving that's That's, a good comment. That's That's a good comment to end tonight on. That's that is a very good that's a very good uh, comment right there. So thanks y'all for joining us tonight. Thursday. We'll probably be doing our Louisville preview show, so make sure oh, you set yeah. a notification for that. We'll be breaking down that matchup yeah. and what to expect in there, and then give our our picks for the weekend for all the or all the conference championship games. So some of those will have some implications on this weekend on potentially if Florida State if they win, could they move up to the three spot, two spot, and how that may play out? Because I, I want to go back and before Thursday, I'm going to go back and watch that Louisville Kentucky game. That's going to tell us a lot. Because yeah. they wanted to win that. It's a state rivalry game. They came up short. Yeah. But if, I think if we look at that, you're going to learn a lot about this team we're going to face. Yeah. So we'll show some clips on there, break it down, and uh, give our preview picks for the weekend. So be sure to set the notification, like the video, share it with a friend, and we will see you all on Thursday. Thank you all for your comments, questions. We appreciate you all coming by.
and we'll see you Thursday. Have a great rest of your week. See you Thursday. Take care. And as always. Hey, hit that like, subscribe, and whatever bells there are there. We appreciate it. We never asked for it, but we appreciate it if you do that. It helps us a little bit. Thank you. All right. Take care, y'all. Have a great one, and we'll see you Thursday. Have a good one.